welcome to episode 73 of For the Love of Guns. My name is Jason Schaller, and it's my pleasure to welcome Cody Slocum on the show today. Now, Cody's also another content creator, but he has a little different technology he uses, and he's going to talk about the future of content creation, being a gunsmith, and also his appearance on BuildBox. Now, before we talk to Cody, it's time to pay the bills, and this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Everybody, it is time to spice up your EDC life with some leather. That's right, leather. There is nothing like leather. But the greatest thing about Falco is they're not just all about leather, they also have hybrid as well. So if you're looking for inside the waistband, outside the waistband, shoulder holsters, or you're looking for something just really super special, you might want to try hand-carved leather. That's right, hand-carved. I mean, look at the detail for this. I'm sorry for you on the audio side, you can't see this, but this is just absolutely amazing. And the greatest thing about their holsters are they're handmade. That's right, a human is making your holster for you to your specifications, and you get them in about 10 days. Make sure you go visit falcoholsters.com and use the checkout code BANSHEE for 10% off your order. Now with the bills paid, let's talk to Cody. Cody, tell me about your love of guns. Hey y'all, yeah. My name is Cody Slocum. I'm with Swamp Dog Armory. I'm a gunsmith and a content creator that specializes in 3D content. Well, that's the, kind of the thing about 3D content, man, because I, you know, I've well, we've known each other for a couple of years now. And I remember hearing about this 3D content. I'm like, yeah, this Cody guy is kind of crazy, right? I mean. Yeah, and I do, I do 3D, have to preface 3D that. 3, 3D, most folks, in the when they think 3D and they think guns, they're thinking 3D printing. Printed but guns, I'm actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I actually don't own a 3D printer and have never done anything 3D printed myself. My 3D stuff is the actual, what's called stereoscopic or like for most folks, you go to the movies and you have to get them glasses to go see the new Marvel movie in real 3D. That That's the kind of 3D that I do. And what's funny is, is that you're doing that off a cell phone, right? Yeah, that's one of the things that I do. Yeah, it, it, it's a big difference from James Cameron's custom built rigs that's got to have three people carrying them. To like he did for the first Avatar movie, but yeah, it's just it's just amazing because I remember hearing about this stuff. We got talking, and I'm like, I just don't get it because I'm looking at your videos, like I I don't get it. And then you started showing me the tablet that that yes. has the stereoscopic built into it, and I'm like, well, that's cool as hell. Yeah, and that's another thing too. It's it it's one thing that YouTube does, but it's not necessarily uh just youtube specifically but a lot of the 3d uh like platforms for folks that don't actually have the 3d uh, uh viewing type devices it's still going to play one half of that 3d so you're still going to be able to see the video so you won't necessarily know what you're missing until you see it on something where you literally see what was missing and that, that's the funny thing is like it, the 3D content is just hidden. You just see the, 
the regular 2D content until you hit the technology that you can watch it, which is kind of cool because you think about it, you know, for me, when I think about 3D, I, I think about the, the red and green glasses back in, you know, the, the yeah, 80s, yeah. right? And I'm thinking, like, when you're talking about this stuff, I'm like, man, I might have to dig out, like, some old glasses or something like that to watch yeah, this and stuff. Yeah, and that, uh, I think that's called anaglyph. And even on that, for example, like say the old comic books and stuff like that, that it have it or the posters and whatnot, where you'd have your red and blue glasses. If you didn't have those glasses and you was looking at that image, you could still tell that something was going on because it had them overlays. When it comes right. to like the digital media, like today with the videos and pictures and various content that we create on there, you don't necessarily have that uh, that sign that there's something extra going on here if you're just right. looking at an image or a video in the 2D version. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is like, so you're watching it, it's fine. And then if you have the technology, all of a sudden it's there. Because that's, yeah. that's the thing, you know, I think of when I was a kid is uh, I'm thinking of the movie Jaws 3. Right when they yes, had the yes. whole 3D thing, right when you had the the red and blue, I mean you'd see it. And you're like, okay, then you put the glasses on, then you can kind of see it. But unless you had the glass, it was it was kind of annoying. Your content, you you just don't know if you don't have the technology, you don't know. It's just in 2D. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the great thing uh, that like what I've been telling folks when I've been because that's one of the biggest things with me doing this. I've been having to like spread the word about the the technology and 3D content being a thing, period, as well as actually producing the 3D content to be telling folks about. And I, I really like that you brought that up because that's one thing that's really different now. Uh, like we've been talking about the, the like Jaws or the comics and this and that. Back then, if you didn't have the technology, you really didn't get to see what it was neither. Because like you said, it looks annoying. You have all this stuff. You can't really see yeah. even uh, a version of what that content was supposed to be. Whereas with today's technology, and especially the VR, which is the next step of the 3D type stuff, not only are the people that don't have that technology missing out on it they're still being able to see it but now it's like you're adding another level to it instead of taking it away from the people that didn't have it and you're not alien so therefore as a content creator you're not alienating the whole entirety of uh viewers that don't have that 3d content and let's face it in today's Today's world, the three the people that do have the 3D tech is a lot less than the people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's funny is uh, I want you to talk about something because you went to was it IV eighty eight eighty eight and you were taking pictures of people's booths, right? Of the guns and then showing them yes. on the tablet the the 3D. Talk a little bit about that because that's a great story where people are like, that's when they that's when a manufacturer actually got it, right? That this is a technology. Yeah, yeah. That, and that, that's, that's, what, that's a really uh, 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 kind of unique thing about the 3D, uh, especially what, what you're referring to, the tablets and phones, which is a glasses-free display. You don't even have to have the glasses. You don't have to have a headset. You basically just 
have what's essentially a regular phone or iPad that 99% of folks that are watching YouTube has one or the other for being able to understand the technology. But when you actually have the 3D content on that and someone sees it, it's, it's it don't matter age group, nothing, whatever. Everybody turns into like a five or six year old watching <laughs> their first Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, it's it, it has that like universal quality to it that it, it, it your brain pays attention even if it's some like some like for example like you said the the events and stuff such as iv88 or the nra convention that i was able to go to and actually let people have hands on with the holographic uh, images and stuff like that and not only that it's not just a demo for what you was talking about the companies and such seeing things not only are they seeing it, they're seeing their product in that yeah. that that type of uh, content and that. So it really resonates with them. And that's what's what been able to help me kind of see that, yes, this is something that's unique and that there is value in this because when you're doing something that's this unique and, you know, out there, there's definitely some, uh, some struggles and frustrations that comes along with it. So let me ask you this, how, how far off are we to holograms? Well, it depends on what, how you'd want to, uh, how you would want to define what is a hologram. If you're talking about uh, what a lot of folks in pop culture would consider the quintessential hologram, are you thinking of like Leia from R2-D2's projection of a hologram? Or are we talking uh, something that you can walk around and interact with, like what a lot of the, the hyped up holographic uh, concert type things? Yeah. What What is it that you're... What level of hologram are we talking? Well, let's here? let's start with projection. Yeah, that's that's one great thing that with the like going again back to the classic R two D two projected video that you actually see. We actually have multiple types of technology today where you can actually see that. There's there's the actual like projectors that use different lasers and such where it will do something like that or there's different uh what they call a holographic display if, if you're if folks are familiar with uh like mid 2000s when all the computers started getting lights and all this other stuff and you'd have the fans that would spell something out yep. as it's spinning they, there's a form of that same type of technician or uh, not technician technology, which is essentially programmed lights that are spinning that way. You can actually get an image or a like an animated image, basically a GIF. It ain't a video, but you can get that simulated hologram look where you can see it, but you can still see through it with it not kind of be ghosted. So right. we're really not, it's not really as sci-fi as a lot of people think. There's, there's, the technology is actually quite, quite closer to that, uh, that science fiction movie type stuff. It's just all, it comes down to a matter of uh, how, uh, how affordable is it, number one, and how readily yeah. available is it. 
and a lot of them things when you're when we're talking about the actual tech itself it ain't so much that we're limited on the tech side none of them specific items or or producers of say x company makes this hologram projector the problem is there's not a lot of companies that's working together to like make some kind of cohesive uh like no network standard. of things this person yeah. they're like okay i make the best projector i'm gonna only stick to this and whatever but this person or company over here might have like the best way of actually interacting with stuff but now the the real like ready player one type moment is for all the tech that actually is out there and available to be cohesive like that that cohesiveness is what's lacking and in my opinion what the big hurdle time frame before for getting to some of the movie like uh day-to-day scenarios and not so much limited on the actual technology so i'm going to date myself here so basically what i'm hearing is this is Betamax versus VHS. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Or for, for folks that's, that's not quite that far, HD DVD versus Blu-ray. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I told you I was going to date myself. That's actually one thing. Uh, it's funny. Uh, yeah, you dating it with the Betamax and whatever, but that's actually not quite, uh, not quite accurate neither because unlike HD DVD and Blu-ray, Betamax never really died. Betamax went professional or commercial, and yeah. the home use stuff went VCR. Went VHS. Yeah, because yeah, mo- most yeah. folks don't realize that, but a lot of like like your your broadcasters, your your actual product media production company type stuff actually did still use Betamax. It just wasn't a household type yeah, thing was, like what they was hoping for. It was a better technology. It was just not as affordable right yeah and 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 and, and that's actually like the perfect example of the 3d stuff like we're talking about because the 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 gear the tech the stuff is out there it might cost a little bit more so you're you're already going to have a little bit of a niche market for that and therefore you also have to care about those those uh advantages or differences of that technology over okay i'm just going to get this regular iphone or this laptop and just be watching regular videos so you have to have that you already have that subset of market of people that's more not uh, not necessarily technically oriented but of of that more curious type mindset that want to explore what what different things are out there yeah, I, and I know exactly what, because, I mean, you think about it, you know, my generation, uh, Generation X, I mean, okay, we're, technology's cool, but we're getting older, and we don't want to screw with it. I mean, we're, we we figured out everybody's blinking VCR for years, um, and then it, it's kind of like we're like, all right, man, we, we did our job. It's, it's someone else's turn now. You start getting into these new generations, they're you know, they don't know a world without internet. They're, they're into the technology. I mean, yeah. And it, it, it's funny you mentioned that too, talking about generationally, because it really is to that point now where you actually have an entire generation now 
that doesn't know what uh, uh, using a payphone that they, they literally they don't, don't know, they don't they, they don't they don't they don't I was gonna say they don't know they don't know what dial up is they don't know how to use a map they don't you yeah. know that all, some of these basic skills because they are they had this talking computer right in their pocket ever since they was you know before they could walk they've been having tablets or phones in their faces you know with series or apps and different things doing this stuff for them well it's it's funny you bring up maps i was i, I was talking to my uh, my ups driver so when i was in college i loaded trucks at ups and i did some driving and man we we lived on maps um and you know the little electronic clipboards they're called dyads so when i started they were dyad 2. i think they're up to like dyad 5 the fifth generation he was telling me now that as he's driving the dyad's telling him where his next stop is. It's yeah. doing all that work. And I'm just like, well, crap, we used to have to figure that out before we left the building. Now the thing yeah. is, well, tell them. Yeah, and uh, I, not quite UPS, but I remember the first job I ever had working at Pizza Hut when my dad was a delivery driver. And that, that they literally, a whole wall in the back was nothing but a printed out map of that area. And that, that's what you do. The, the drivers would come back, get the bags with the pizza and they'd go look on the map. Okay, I'm going over here, whatever. And they'd go do the pizzas, you know? Oh man. Yeah, that's it's kind of taking me back a little bit. That That's just so funny. But we think about this whole thing. I mean, as content creators, we're always looking at the next thing. That was the one thing uh, with you. You're like the only one, at least in the gun community, that's doing this 3D content. Uh, I know the two of us have talked a lot over the years about it. Um, I totally drool over, you know, getting that technology, but I just have my money invested in well, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say, say my 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 my, my uh, toolbox is a lot less a uh, lot less plentiful than yours. I just <laughs> I just might have some specialized equipment in one area. Yeah, there you go. But and that's just the thing is that I mean, you really are on that leading edge of technology for the gun content, which is great because sooner or later that's going to be the norm, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's that's the thing too. Uh, we we had talked about having to uh, like apply things differently, or some of the like talking about the three D content and stuff. Some of the tech, not necessarily having a whole package. That's with me doing the 3D content in the with firearms primarily, I've had to actually like create my own methods of doing things or and the biggest the biggest uh, hurdle with the 3D content creation right now as from the creator side is having places to actually be able to put that content once it's been filmed to where like like what you mentioned, you're able to watch it even though you don't have the 3d the 3d tech to be able to watch it in the full the full scope of what it was made for you have your main your main uh platform being youtube of course with youtube facebook instagram your your big three so to speak everybody knows they're kind of highly uh suspect towards anything firearms related yes so you, 
everything I've been doing, I've been kind of like picked the hardest way to do it and just making (laughs) my own road along the way. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to do some of the hard work for the folks that do come down the line to where, okay, y'all have a path with at least markers it might not be paid but at least at least at least i've broke trail you're leaving bread you're leaving bread comes <laughs> down for the next content creator <laughs> yeah, just 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 hopefully the squirrel don't come along behind me and eat them up <laughs> so now you cre- you create content on guns and you're a gunsmith so talk to me a little bit about why did you want to become a gunsmith what led you down that road yeah, it's actually funny that you asked that because the same things that got me interested in uh, going to, going down the road, so to speak, to become a gunsmith is also the same things that got me starting to do 3D content. And then the content stuff just kind of, with that being so unique, that kind of like created its own thing to, okay, we got to follow this now. But it all started just being... Uh, a curious and interested type person i was getting into learning more about guns once i found out hey a lot of this stuff that i've done thought that i knew growing up about we can't have this and we can't have or you got to go get all this stuff registered and all that and then i was like hey you know it's kind of not not quite as strict as what that looks like so that being the kind of person that i am Everything I do, I've got to kind of like put my own touch on it, whether it be computers, whether it be, you know, vehicles and whatnot. Nothing I have is quote unquote stock. So I wanted to, you know, look, I was looking more into how, you know, the right ways and what all can be done when it comes to customizing guns, which, of course, that's part of what gunsmithing is. So that led me into looking into gunsmith schools because I decided I wanted to take it just a little step above just being a hobby type thing and I wanted to because if excuse me that's kind of the way I I approach stuff if I'm interested in something to where I'm I'm gonna actually try to do it I, I do as much research and effort into it as I can before deciding you know this let's go on to something else and that's what led me into uh, finding out about SDI, being an online accredited gunsmith school. Being South Mississippi, there's not very many uh, local brick-and-mortar gunsmith schools here. So was able well, to do it, that. That's true just about the entire country. I mean, you yeah, have... I think there's, uh, what, Pensil- maybe four, maybe? Yeah. I think there's I think Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Colorado... Colorado Somewhere in the somewhere in the Carolinas, and, and then I think that's the uh, only three that I can think of. Off no, the top of my uh, head. Arizona. So down in Arizona. Um, yeah, there is um, an in-person one in Arizona too. There's one, but other than that, that's that's about it. Everything else is, I mean, you're going to be online or correspondence school, and that that was the cool thing about uh, about SDI. So when I went through gunsmithing. All that stuff was correspondence school for me, and yeah. I, it got it was so boring. I didn't even finish the program because it was so it was so bad. And then, yeah. you know, SDI comes along. Um, I'm like, well, where the hell was that when I was doing this stuff? And then I realized when I was go, doing the gunsmith stuff, was that two when I was going to school? It was like 2001, 2002. 
Um, that's like I mean, the technology barely, wasn't there for it. Yeah, I was going to say that's barely the beginnings of what would become YouTube. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. So and I mean, that, that, and I, I, and, yeah. Go I, ahead. I, I look at people that go through that. You know, people like it's an online school, and then, I, I, you know, I know you went through it. Um, shooting gallery in New England. Joe went through it. Um, Caleb Savant and oh, Brownells did it. Caleb, that's who I was thinking of was Caleb Savant. Caleb, when I had him on the on the show, it was funny uh, when he was talking about it because they were they were like, "Okay, go watch this this video." It was a YouTube video about a gun, and then write a paper about it. And then it was his video <laughs> on, on yeah. YouTube. He had to go write a paper on it. He, he's like. Well, I'm trying to like leave hints like, do I really need to write write a paper on this? Because that's my video. And then finally the he's like the instructor is like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't have that level of stuff going there. But that's actually one thing that I like to point out to people when they ask me about SDI. Like for me, like I said, I, I went to it not with the the mindset that I was looking to say, get into the firearms industry. It was, I was wanting to do gunsmithing and I wanted to like fast track that, uh, save myself the years of looking up and researching all that stuff myself and have it put together in a package that I could digest at my own time frame as quick as I wanted to and spend depth where I needed to. And that's, that's pretty much what, uh, the biggest benefits of a, a, a online or correspondence type deal like what SDI did is for someone that does have that drive, that that interest, that dedication already, they point you in the right direction to go and you just got to go. Yeah, you see, and that's what was so different about the program I went to was is basically you had, uh, we're going to learn a Smith & Wesson revolver, right? You read, you read about it and you read about the common problems, blah, blah, blah. And then you take a test and then you mail the test in. I mean, this is true correspondent school back yeah. then. And it's just like, I got my book right there. <laughs> I can just take the test. I mean, there was no, there was no thought process to it. It was, it was literally take this, you know, take this round peg, put it in this round hole. Now take a hammer and hammer it. Not yeah, yeah. Why? Basic things. Not why. You know, there's no why to it, right? It's like, and that's what really turned me off of that stuff. But then I start hearing about everybody went through, you know, like SDI. That's that's the difference because you know I start hearing about people writing term papers. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, you're gonna write a paper. Yeah, and that was again. actually that was the thing that I that stuck out to me the most. Uh, no, not just actually taking the courses myself, but now that I am an alumni and going back and seeing what other people have, what what their remarks are afterwards, and people that's doing it now, like complaints and stuff like that. The number one thing you you hear people say, "Man, I don't want to." I'm wanting to do gunsmith stuff. I didn't want to go to gunsmith school to just write a bunch of papers. But when you think about it, like you said, that actually gets you thinking about what it is that, that you're going over and not just, like you said, reading a step-by-step -step manual, basically. Yeah. 
And that's something that's missing a lot in today's uh, public it's, schools. It's in my opinion. Exactly. It, that yeah. critical, critical thinking thought. and problem solving. And that's where actually it don't matter what the uh, the topic or the field of study, whatever you want to say, is about being able to analyze it and look at it from a different perspective that that critical thinking and type stuff gives you is what the difference between, like you said, just taking a test versus actually learning about something. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I Now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking about, so we have a, a 99 Dodge Durango. Okay. I mean, we just hit a hundred thousand miles on that truck last week. Uh, it doesn't get a lot of miles on it. And we like to joke around saying that, 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 that truck breaks in the driveway, be, not being driven. Um, so I remember one time we had a check engine light on and I pulled the code, you know, I pulled a code reader out. I'm like, okay, well it's, it's this module, replace the module, clear the code. It didn't go away. I'm like, okay, this is above my head because now we're talking about tracing wires and Yep. getting continuity of wires and stuff. Let me take it to the Dodge dealer, right? Take it to the Dodge dealer. Yeah, we can't figure out what's wrong with it. Code went away. Yeah, but the code's going to come back, trust me. And they couldn't figure it out, right? So finally, I, I got the truck back. And then um, looking around, there's uh, I went to another mechanic, you know, an actual mechanic, an you know, auto shop. And I'm telling them this, and this is a place that we had taken a truck to, gosh, like 2002, 2001, 2002, that nobody else could figure out. They figured it out. So I'm like, well, why the hell did I just take it back to these people? So I and you're, 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 you're talking about like, say, an independent mechanic shop. Yeah, an independent of, mechanic shop. Right. And something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I took it to them and they're like, okay, well, I'm like, just keep the truck until the, till it comes back. And they're like, well, we see that you replaced the module. And again, I, they, they check the wires, the wires are fine. And then um, it turned out to be the main computer for the truck went back. Yeah. And of course, this is all during the chip shortage, you know, so, you know, a computer for, for this thing is expensive. And um, so I'm like, well, man, I don't want to spend this money. Are you really sure it's the main brain? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, how do you know? And he goes, well, what I did is I actually figured out that there's a cell, there's a um, a switch in in there. I'm like, yeah. He goes, so I just set a little bit of voltage down, and I could trip the the actual switch. And I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I was gonna say that, and that's the kind of stuff that you don't just see in a computer. Yeah computer program yeah. thing like like a troubleshooting diagnostic list yeah. that people's basically going by going down a checklist and then once you get to the end of that checklist if it ain't covered in there you're you're lost yeah i have no idea what to do yeah and it's just i, I was like yeah i actually trip you know when when the code hit i went in sent a little bit of voltage down tripped the switch code went away second i took that voltage off code came back i'm like okay this you know this guy go ahead and replace the brain so you replace the brain and that code has never come back and it's like and that's what i like about you know when you're looking at people and you're looking at getting work done the, that's the type of people i want working on my car my gun um anything mechanical my you know 
um, my air conditioner of the house or my heater of the house. They're the people I want, you know, that actually know what the, you know, what they're talking about. Yeah, so and it, it, like it's also comes a difference between knowing how to fix something and knowing how it's supposed to work in the first work. place. Yes. Yes. And, that, and that's, the, that's the trick, right? Is knowing, you know, you start talking about a gun. People hear, you know, okay, gun has a sear. Cool. How many people that have watched YouTube actually understands what a sear does? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, just replace a sear. Do you know why you're replacing that sear? Yeah, or what what um, what 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 uh, what it does. Yeah, what what's you know, the function of this that or or yeah. what is it that you're experiencing that you think replacing this particular part yeah. is gonna do? Why why is that part gonna fix that problem? Yeah, I, it's funny because I had um in the summertime, like the air conditioner broke at the house, and of course it broke on a Friday night and it's hot as anything, right? So mm -hmm. um the, the next morning I went out and I figured out what was wrong. It was, um, actually, it's funny. I even have the part here still. <laughs> I don't know why it's down here, but it is. Um, so it was, this is, it was this capacitor, right? So I'm, you know, it's Helena. There's nothing open on weekends, right? And there's really only a couple of places that do heating and cooling and stock parts. So I, I call one up for, for a tech visit. And I know the tech, right? Because working computers, he's worked on all the data center, air conditioners and stuff with me. And uh, I'm, he calls me back and goes, what's going on? I go, I, need a, dude, I just need a capacitor. And the first thing he goes is, well, what's the symptom? I told him the symptom was the fan wasn't spinning, blah, blah, blah. And I go, I could just take a stick and stick it in there and the capacitor would, you know, it, it would start spinning until it cycles. And he's like, okay. He goes, so why is it the capacitor, not the fan? I go, well, I took meter. I took my meter out, and I took my readings. Here's my readings. He goes, "Oh yeah, it's definitely the capacitor." And yeah. um, he, he's like, um, "Well, we don't really sell parts." Like I realize that, but man, I'm interested in town. So he met me, sold me a capacitor right out of his truck, and just wrote it up as a 15 minute service, uh, you know, service um, of the air conditioner. Visit, yeah, yeah, visit. And he goes, he goes, "How did you know to do that?" And I go, "Well." Um, I'm also a ham radio operator. We understand capacitors. <laughs> you know, we know how to troubleshoot capacitors. And he's like, yeah, I'm not used to people telling me exactly. He goes, as soon as you told me your readings, I knew exactly that capacitor was bad. I'm like, well, yep. yeah, so did I. That's why I needed the capacitor. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that going back to like, say, SDI uh, or other types of online schools and stuff, That's 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 where... You're, someone's going to get the biggest benefit out of that when they already have some of that uh, critical thinking and problem solving yep. to start with, because that's any of them type schools, you, you have to think you, they don't see you in person, period, anyway. So they're limited on what it is that they can provide to you in the first place. So they're just going to give you your basic points to start with. And then yeah. give you give you that gives you enough for you to be able to know what direction to go look into it more. And uh, for me, uh, what I think is a, a lot more helpful uh, and something I don't think I've actually brought up on other other podcasts and stuff before. 
But me and you are both familiar with Mark Novak with Anvil Gunsmithing. Probably one of the best and most knowledgeable gunsmiths that's alive right now. Yeah. One of his biggest sayings that he says to everybody that's looking to be a gunsmith or getting started in being a gunsmith is he has done broken and messed up more things than any of us has ever, you know, picked up. Yeah. Something like SDI or even uh, don't even worry about the schooling thing. Take it another step further to just the the analyzing and critical thinking type stuff. Being able to talk to someone like that that has that level of experience to be able to learn from them hundreds of mess ups so that you don't have to make them hundreds of mess ups or spend the years making those mistakes to be able to learn from it. That's a really big step ahead. And with, when it comes to gunsmithing in particular, it really is. I mean, it's kind of a cliche. Everybody keeps saying it, but it really is a dying art form. There's not many people I mean, yes, there's people that's interested in it and stuff, but not like on the level, like say looking at it like on the economies of scale and whatever. There's not as enough new folks looking to pursue it as there are folks that's getting out of it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we've become a society and we've become a consumer society, right? Yep. We're just going to, we're going to buy something when my TV dies. What am I going to do? Am I going to fix it? No, I'm going to go down to Walmart, buy another one for $400. Yeah. And, and um, see that it, it also goes back to a lot of the, uh, the, the actual manufacturers side of things doing the same thing. They're putting more emphasis on getting out the new model of something versus maintaining model X of the same thing because, oh, that's the old version. We got to get your money for the new version instead. And from, Gee, from like the consumer six, side, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I've, I've heard stuff, things like that from company A or company B as well. But I mean, that, that, that kind of crosses over in other areas as well for not just gun folks. But when you're talking about guns specifically, that's kind of something that you expect to be able to last or, you know, not yep. just fail, yep. you know, in a, gun, a couple of years. A gun years. is a piece of machinery, right? Yep. A gun, a gun's a piece of machinery. It's not a, it, it, it's not some magical thing. I mean, there's there's physics that happen to parts inside of gun because you've squeezed a trigger and stuff like that. It's it's a machine. Right? It's an you, internal combustion um, engine. It really is. It really is. I mean, that's just your trigger is really just your starter, right? Yep. That starts that starts the cranking, yeah, and then the primer goes off. There's your combustion, yeah. So I mean, that's the thing that people don't understand about firearms. That's what used to just drive me nuts. Is people are like, it's a gun. Well, it's a piece of machinery. This is, you know, um, you don't just start taking files to things and uh, without knowing what you're doing. I mean, that yep. was the one thing. Because like, then, when, when you I start, started, you start messing with tolerances and stuff like that. It's the same thing. You 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 ain't gonna go out to your Honda Civic and go slap a. Well, I mean, someone might, but 
You're not going to go slap a turbo from your F-250 on it and then yeah. expect it not to blow up. I mean, there's yeah. there's certain certain criteria that you want to yeah. stay in inside that? of. That's like uh, the one thing that scares me, um, you know, I love Cerakote, right? And I used to do Cerakote when I was in FFL. One thing that scares me is the home Cerakoters, right? Because... They're going to go through, they're going to take a gun apart, which is really great for me because that, that means they're watching my videos on how to take the gun apart and put it back together afterwards. Yep. Um, but then they're going to sit there and they're going to take, they're going to take a sear, right? And go, well, this is an old gun, this sear, I'm going to sandblast the sear and I'm going to Cerakote the sear. Like, do you know what you just did? Why? I, 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 yeah, I took the rust off and I Cerakote, like, or first of all, you changed the shape, even no matter how much you did, yep. you took an old sear and changed the shape of it. That gun may not be safe, but it, it shoots fine. It may not be safe because you now rounded off some edges. And then now you took, uh, you know, you took a ceramic well, and you've coating. changed. You've changed what, what, what points of contact are contacting, yeah. you know, and, oh, and points then, of friction or, or you know it might be might yeah. be slicker now it might might yeah, hang you got up that a little slickness. bit more yeah now you got the slickness where there should be friction and like yeah, guys, so you're, you're adding extra variables when you're already yeah. wanting this equation to work right in the first place you know yeah. equals bullet goes that way and not explode in your hand you know yeah you you, you so, don't want to be messing with some of them critical areas and that that's where that's what scares me about where some of these people think about that you know are you know are they just do, oh i circuited it yeah but did you know did you know what you were doing um well it looks good like <laughs> i'm not doubting that but you have no idea what you did to that gun um and actually that that reminds me of a really good uh, a really good story for non-gun folks to illustrate the same fact that's like saying old Joe Bob down the road got his, uh, you know, his Trans Am just fixed up or whatever. And then he heard about the military auction where he can pick up the Jado rocket and slap it on the back because it looks cool, cool and then goes and fires it off. And then no more Joe Bob. So but but it looked cool when he did it. Yeah, it was it was spectacular for the full three seconds before it turned into horror. So, well, we've been beaten up on non-gunsmith people not understanding what they're doing. Let's talk about making guns because you went to the Gunmakers match. Yes. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that because that's something I, I wanted to go to the first one. I just couldn't, I just couldn't make it work. Uh, there's been several of them since. I just logistically, it just doesn't work for me, but it worked for you. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, uh, I was actually very interested in it from the first time that I've heard about it. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to participate in each of the national matches so far since it's started. But the Gunmakers match is essentially a shooting competition where you have to build the gun that you're going to compete with, with a big emphasis on 3D printing and uh, home building in general. Uh, but not so much putting a bunch of emphasis on the 80% and stuff like that, which of course that's a whole 
to do now with everything going on with the new rules and this and that, but 3d printing going to the match myself, uh, as for someone that I, I'm a 3d gun guy, but you know, I don't do anything with 3d printing. When I first walked in there, I had no idea that there was even that, that, the the things had come that far. Let's, let's put it that way. There was, there was, uh, actual guns on the table, not just pictures online of you literally can't buy it in the store. Someone just thought of this and made it and actually made it into a gun. That's not only functional and safe, but actually runs reliably. And like, like that, that, like I said, that's, that's what got me into gunsmithing and into doing 3d videos and stuff like that is cause I'm the kind of guy that's going to, I think outside the box in the first place. And I like to take techniques and stuff from this area and apply it to this area so that the people over here are seeing something that they might not have seen before. And I was that person when the first time I went over there being like, I had that awakening moment on the, the, the real community that there is for the 3d printed stuff, because it, I mean, it is literally someone can have an idea and you don't even have to be, really good you might be able to uh, be you might be able to do some modeling because you you've done a lot of gaming and how many again going back to talking about like today's generation how much of today's generation with all them phones and computers at their fingertips hasn't played some form of fortnite or insert this name of the the popular game and a big part of the gaming is doing custom skins or models for your character to be able to have this type thing well when it comes to 3d printing and even some of the gunsmith work like you mentioned uh seracotin and you know there there's all different types of techniques to be able to have like i could i want this gun that has a dragon's head on the front of it there's literally a dude that won one of the matches with a dragon head on the front of his 3d printed uh (laughs) PCC. I mean, it's, it's like cartoons come to life, but in the gun community at the same time, but then you all have the same and not just like the wildness, but like talking about for, for like the future of production and this and that you, you, you can have someone in Japan come up with this idea and someone from Montana able to help, you know, test it or tweak okay okay we need to change this part and you literally have a whole team of people that has never even seen each other in completely different parts of the world be able to put something together almost instantaneously as long as they're able to connect to the internet being able to share the files and some of the some of the uh like cad software and stuff like that you can even do what you're familiar with some of the it stuff where you can have like teams of folks that can be yep. logged into a program at the same time, but applying that to some, real time. Yeah, yeah. Literally real time collaboration and real time, uh, like bait, not, not uh, beta testing, but, uh, revisions, yep. uh, all, all at the same time, instead of one person having to do all that and take 10 years before they might even be able to have something that might be able to be a functioning working 
item instead of just a model or a prop all done over a weekend. Yeah. And that's and, the and well, thing assuming the time it takes for it to print and, you know, physical limitations like that. But same thing going and talking about the different technology and stuff when we're talking about the 3D printing, which is just additive manufacturing. There's yes. a whole I mean, wide variety of that too, going ranging from your budget stuff to your quarter of a million dollar commercial level type things, all with their own different speeds and functions. And 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 that's the thing that I always liked about the 3D community because I, I have a 3D printer. Um, gosh, I've had mine for three years now, maybe almost four. Um, and it's it, it's such an amazing technology. You know, when I bought that printer, it was like three hundred dollars. That printer now is like one hundred and fifty. Yeah. And and it's you know for for people out there thinking about this stuff, to three D print a Glock frame is twenty four to twenty six hours. I mean, yep. it's it's a day to print this. You know, any politicians like, oh my god, they're just Guns just pop out of this. It, it doesn't happen that way. No. Um, and then even then when you print it, there are supports and there's all kinds of stuff you got to peel off of it and clean and clean the print up. It's not like magically a gun shows up. But that the coolest thing I liked about it, because, you know, back when I first started started out in this world and um, I, you know, I didn't have time to, can, to do it, but I was in some of those design teams doing the beta testing. And it's just the coolest thing to see something you know these people are changing there's like literally there were daily updates to the files and it's like well crap i just started printing (laughs) now you found another problem you know yeah start over again but um yeah it's it's not just as simple as like printing out a label or a picture and there you have it you know i mean there there's actual like you said there's there's physical work that you got to do to it it doesn't just pop it out and you go out and shoot it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, um, you know, back then that was just to get a basic frame. Now they have all the stippling. I mean, Mr. Snow, the the crap that he comes up with is amazing. And he's not even the best one at at some of these gun designs. Right. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's, that's actually one of the things that surprised me too, was the amount of, uh, cosmetic type. Yeah things that can be incorporated into a 3d printed design that like like literally the sky's the limit i mean you got folks that like you said doing different custom stippling or uh even even to the point of doing the actual color design for uh, instead of being paint it's literally done in how you print it in different colored filaments and everything yep. to, even even doing your lettering and stuff like that and instead of being stenciled or pressed or whatever it's all all done in the manufacturing process see and that's this that's the fun thing about that because i that's what i like about that community is that you don't they realize you don't have to be boring this is an art form they're truly just coming out with expression or this is what I like, or this is really cool. And they're pushing, they, each one of them pushes the other to try to come out with something else. 
And what's really cool about it is, is when it's done, most of these designs you can download for free. Yeah. If you want That's it, what I was going to say. That the, biggest, the biggest thing that I liked about it is, like you said, a vast majority of it is essentially open source. And like you said, free to where, you know, you can go get it. You might, you, you and a, a lot of them even have, like, it don't take much time online looking and researching to find folks that give you tips and stuff on how, you know, okay, if, if you want to change this up on it, you know, we'd suggest doing this, this, or this, you know, so you don't just, even on something like that, on something that you're wanting to customize for your aesthetic taste, you can still get a little bit of guidance, but yet you still can do your own thing. But you're yeah, not I mean, just having to do it from scratch without really knowing what it is that you're doing. Well, and and the thing is, is that the filament is, gosh, it's becoming exotic now. I mean... Um, PLA is, is the standard. Everybody prints PLA. I switched over to PETG. Um, I like the, the physics of it. It's a little, it's harder to print with, but at the same time, it's kind of easier to print with. But now they've got this carbon reinforced nylon. And it's like, yeah. wow. I mean, you know, they, they start talking about all this stuff that is going in. These prints are becoming strong. I mean, they're, they're becoming yeah. really strong. And then you also have the whole other side of things that a lot of folks don't think about when the same thing, think about 3D printed guns. They're thinking about literally printed guns. But when we're talking about like the the future of manufacturing and the the the, the time, the shortness of time on doing things, you go and you have an example like Brandon Herrera with the, his AK-50 project, being yep. able to literally check and make iterations and revisions of critical components like your bolt face and being able to just play with and experiment with different variations without actually having to mill every one of them variations out of your final material but still being able to get those same tolerances and all that function checks before you actually do invest the the money and the time having your final machine part out of steel or titanium, whatever the case may be a couple hours on a 3d printer and you can try three or four different parts and say, here, do this one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is you can, you know, in your CAD software, you can put parts together and stuff like that, but sometimes you just need the physical part to do it. Right. Cause sometimes, that screen is just not quite right, which is why we need 3D technology. You know, we need the we need the Iron Man technology where he, he kind of does it, puts his arm into it, right? Yeah, well, and, and, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because that's actually something that I've only talked about a couple of times, uh, going going all the way back to the the 3D content creation type of stuff. The uh, holograph. What I keep saying holographic. What I'm what I'm saying holographic. I'm referring to glasses free. 3D displays because for uh, your layman that don't know nothing about nothing, looking at a 3D image or video on a glasses free display, and then you ask them, What did you look at? they're going to describe it more than likely as holographic because it looks like it's coming out of the screen. Now, for 
for a lot of that stuff, people's thinking, okay, pictures or video, like we've talked about doing the content creator type stuff. But one of the things you can do with that same glasses free technology is you can open up 3D models, whether it be like you said, gun designs or, or yeah. say designing this part for your car or whatever, you could open up that 3D model in the tablet and be able to rotate it around and they're actually working because again the actual technology is there it's just a matter of being able to put it to the use that you're wanting to but the company that uh, it's called leia that they make the the tablet that i use and they also did the screen and therefore the, the same tech behind it on the red hydrogen uh 3d smartphone from the late 2000s which is one of the things that i use as well but like i said they're they're working on taking it that next step further from the quote-unquote hologram type look for it and using uh hand tracking or gestures whatever I, i'm not familiar with the actual terms or wh which which one of them roads they're using or whatever but they're making it where you can actually interact with that image like say you have That's a cool. picture of the ball on the tablet that looks like it's up here you can rotate it around or for example like you said say you're you're making your new clock 19 whatever custom 3d design and be able to rotate it around or flip it around and then that's say it. for the to say if you have a, a coder or whatever that's making a program for that you could say okay i can swap this out you know because it was once once you do the the gesture type stuff that's just your input and once you got an input you can control whatever you want to with it yeah it's it's amazing the technology i mean it really is i mean it, there's no you know i, I say my father died what 96 and i remember showing him the internet you know, in the early nineties, I can't even imagine what he would think of the internet now. I mean, if he were to cut, if he were to be like reincarnated right now and he saw the internet, I think he, his mind would just blow. Right. Cause everything that is going on, technology is accelerating so fast. I mean, this is a guy who was a computer operator in the Navy during Vietnam were computers I was just were I'm rooms. glad that you brought it up brought that up because that's actually something that I've been debating and kind of contemplating on a little while myself that we give it a, a few more years or, or say a decade or so we're going to start having folks that aren't going to be able to differentiate between how things was before there there was x amount of technology because we're, we're getting to the line of technology now that like like you said for someone back then in the 70s where you had a computer as a room they didn't never never heard of the concept of say what an iphone is whereas now yeah. we're going to have technology that if you didn't understand what that was then like you 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 can't you can't uh think without having like say you got to have this tech as your basis you can't th those folks or those folks won't be able to imagine before having that technology because they're so reliant on it well it's funny because i remember him telling me 
uh, I remember we got our first <clears throat> IBM PC and um, he had it on his desk and he's like, now he ran, he ran computers for the Navy, but he also ran computers in the Navy for NASA for the Apollo missions. And he's sitting there looking at his desk and he goes, you don't understand what's sitting here. I'm like what? He goes, that is more computer processing power than I had helping NASA out with the Apollo missions sitting right on my desk. And I, I look back at those days, go, I can't imagine what he would think about my cell phone today. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that, that's one of my favorite quotes that I remember from uh, reading because I, I, I like to pick up trivia and stuff like that. And I remember reading a quote, I forget who it was from, but they was literally saying kind of the same thing, talking about the Game Boy and how that has more processing power than the computers that literally was on the lunar lander being able to land on the moon. And that, and like you said, now you take that same Game Boy and like you said, you got that phone that's a thousand times what that was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. Now you took, well, we're going to, we're going to switch gears a little bit. So you we're, you went to the gunmakers match, but now you kind of, well, let's just say took it to the next level. So this is going to come out on a Monday. So anybody listening or watching this on Monday, you're going to want to tune into a certain cable channel on Wednesday to see Cody compete in a slightly different competition. Talk a little yeah. bit about your 15 minutes of fame on TV, which is yeah. well longer than 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll just say I hope that it uh, her, turns into a little bit of fame and not tomfoolery. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was able to uh, go on the show that's called Build Box that's put out for, through Gun Talk TV. And it, uh, for folks familiar with uh, uh, Forged in Fire, to, where they get folks to come in and build knives from scratch and compete against each other and the judges choose what one's the best or can it kill, you know, whatever. Build box is the uh, same type of concept, but for folks like us that are gun builders and that, and I was able to go over there and there was a lot of shenanigans going down and stuff like that, but it was it was a it was a good experience and it is definitely uh will be entertaining for folks to watch and i'm excited to see how things turned out as well because one thing seeing how things are on the back end but i don't even know how things is going to turn out when i get to go see it, it you know seeing myself on the tv so that's going to be some interesting things but yeah it's going to be coming out on uh the outdoor channel and for folks that don't don't have uh, satellite or Hulu, different there's a few different ways where you you can pull it up on the outdoor channel. But thankfully, uh, the guys over at Gun Talk TV have been posting the the episodes up over on their YouTube channel a uh, week or so after they're out on TV. So y'all can actually go over to their YouTube channel. Now they have a playlist started uh, for build box and they have the first couple episodes up there already. Awesome. Cause that's, that's why I was so jealous when, when you told me you got on build box, cause I put mine in, I didn't get selected, but man, I, as soon as you told me that, I'm like, man, I am really jealous right now. Cause that, 
that just seems like it's going to be like a lot of fun. I, I mean, especially when you're into building. I mean, what's more fun than competing head to head to build a gun? And yeah, it's you know, it's definitely have, have a lot of fun. Uh, like, like we met, we talked about earlier about doing the makers match and stuff like that, and even like the struggles of trying to do 3D video creation, being that I'm having to like start the path for it. But doing that TV show where not only are you being everything you do and being judged, you got people right there next to you that's trying to do the exact same thing. You're you're under a time crunch and yeah, you think you might know one thing, but once you get thrown into a situation like that, there's all kinds of things that come up or go out the window. And it, it was it was fun, and I actually learned quite a bit. So I think folks that watch it might be able to learn some things too. Because that's one thing, you know. So I do a lot of disassembly, reassembly, or now what I'm calling deep cleaning videos, right? So yes. Any 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 gun content creator on YouTube understands where I'm going with that. Um, for those of you who don't understand, you disassembling reassembly videos are kind of a taboo thing, like Cody was talking earlier. So now it's cleaning, right? So I do deep cleaning, and it's funny because the gun's sitting right behind me. I just finished the um, the video actually today, editing and everything. So that'll be coming but that is uh, something that is essential for any gun owner is to be able to properly maintain and clean that gun yeah. so that it can perform when they need it to. So, you know, I think about that, it, that video, gosh, I think it, I have three weeks into the video, right? But I have three weeks into the video of 10 to 20 minute segments. Right, because I'll I'll film some stuff, and since I use multiple camera angles, it takes me a lot of editing. I think about that is I had all the time in the world to take that thing apart, clean it, put it back together. I don't know how I would perform if I had a timer, right? And uh, another thing too that a lot of folks don't think of: not only do you have that timer, how many times have you been working on something? And you've gotten so frustrated, you just had to walk away and come back to it. <laughs> you can't walk away and come back you to can't it. Walk you away, you're there. it right there. <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of times, um, you know, even back when I was in FFL, it was like, I'm totally coming back. I'm done for the day. I'm burnt. I'll come back to it. Right? Yeah, you... you I didn't even think about it. We, we was talking about critical thinking and problem solving and stuff like that. That's like probably the most crucial skill for something like that is being able to think on your feet and adapt pretty much. But you, you still have to have, you know, your basis to, to draw from. Otherwise you, you're just going to flounder anyways. So, man, I am so happy that you got on there, man. I'm glad that you got on there and had a lot of fun and learned stuff. That's so awesome. That really is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like I said I hope I hope folks enjoy it when they get a chance to see it. I'm definitely looking forward to how things turn out afterwards with folks uh folks uh feedback once they're able to see things. Awesome. So, now before we wrap up here because at the end I like to I'd like to do a speed round. And before I do that, 
I want to give you a chance to tell everybody how to find you uh, because you have a YouTube channel and you have podcasts and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about your content and where people can reach you. Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy. Um, Swamp Dogs, Swamp Dog Armory on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. I'm also over on Utreon, and uh, I just got approved for a Meta VR channel. So be on the lookout awesome. for that. I'm going to be posting a, lo a lot of the the booth interviews in 3D VR on the the Meta channel. Awesome. Now, for everybody listening or watching, uh, don't try to write anything down. The links will be down in the description. So all you got to do is go down there and get easy access to Cody and Swamp Dog Armory. So now just wrapping that's, that's up. That's very guess, helpful because I know that it's not, not always easy to understand this no. Swamp Talk. <laughs> swamp Talk, which is the name of your podcast. Which is the name of my <laughs> podcast, which... Uh, there's going to be a, a, an episode of that coming out here in the next week or two awesome. for our, our Thanksgiving holidays type hangout like we did last year. I will tell you probably one of, I don't even know if it's one. I haven't been the best um, time I've ever had on a podcast was your Christmas one last year. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's back when Starlink was still, or was it last year or the year before? I God, time goes it, by. Yeah, so it, was, it was last year. Yeah, <laughs> it was last year. And you know, because I'm on Starlink, and and Starlink had a problem, and I got, I had, I couldn't get back in because I had no internet. But that panel, the the before chat. So for, for those of you listening, when there's a podcast, there's a before chat and kind of and an after chat. Uh, I know you, if you've listened to me, I've talked about that before. That before chat had me laughing so hard, right? That, well, it took I mean, me we five minutes to try to start the podcast because I kept on <laughs> having to stop because I couldn't stop laughing myself anyways to do my own intro to introduce y'all. <laughs> because, I mean, what, what were there? There was nine of us there, right? Yeah, in, there, in it, that, it was a full panel because I had people having to rotate in and out because yeah. Sarah came in. Because I was sitting there, I mean, um, the, it was just so much fun. I had so much fun in that. And then and then you started the podcast, right? And and the rest of us are still laughing, right? Of course, we're on mute. But, you know, you're trying to run the podcast and you see us in the little, you know, uh, the little boxes still laughing at, at all the jokes beforehand. And then we had to introduce ourselves and then kind of like the inside jokes of the before chat were coming out during the introduction. Yeah, yeah. And then you had you had you had you had everybody trying to like mess everybody else up when they were trying to do their intro. And they, they would just do that, throw out some remark that goes to the things before to where no one in the chat knew anything was going on, yeah. trying to see who could who could mess each other up the most. But that's one thing I enjoy or like the most about uh, or have tried to do doing the Swamp Talk podcast is trying to put together uh, multiple uh, guests on there to where we can, you know, have more of that fun and lightheartedness to it instead of all the doom and gloom with all the negativity and stuff that's always going on and against the gun community in the first place. And that's one thing I've I've been thankful for. The podcast so far has been able to 
turn out that way. And that's one thing I'm going to be looking forward to uh, building up going forward. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody definitely go check that out. It's, it, it's great. The, the guests that Cody gets on there are, are absolutely amazing to give you an idea of a little bit of that before chat. There was a point where a joke hit and someone spit. We had, yes. we had a spit take off, off, off air. Um, so, I mean, and it was, it, I can't confirm or deny that I didn't, I, the, the punchline didn't come from my mouth, but I was egged on by another, uh, another person who's on a lot of panels. And uh, usually when the two of us to get, get together on a panel, it, we, it's a race to the bottom of uh, how low we can take the conversation. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. The people he gets are great. Um, definitely go check it out. Now, to wrap up, we're going to do speed round. So it's just going to be this or that question. You just got to make a, make a decision. So it's going to be about guns, ammo, shooting, anything in our kind of niche. All right. So rifle or pistol? Rifle. 308 or 223? 308. Would you rather have a shotgun or a grenade launcher? Grenade launcher. I had to go to the destructive, huh? <laughs> I would too. <laughs> well, you basically have the and same thing. You can you can still uh you have the same uh uh variety, just yes. more of it. What well that's the cool thing, right? Right, because you have a shotgun. I didn't say what caliber, because you can do a lot of stuff with a shotgun. You got slugs, you can have buckshot, birdshot, you know, you got all kinds of things you can do. Well, the same thing with a grenade launcher, because you can put, you know, so, uh, sleeves into a grenade launcher to shoot flares and all, all kinds of stuff, right? Or for our French fans, sabots. Sabots. There you go. For hearing protection, would you rather have earplugs or earmuffs? Earmuffs. And for the final question, you have a table sit in front of you with a case of every caliber that has ever existed in history of just a case of ammo. What's the first case you pick up? 30 out six. Oh, nice. I, I totally didn't see, you see, a lot of people don't appreciate the 30 out six anymore. A lot of people go, when they go 30 caliber, they're thinking 308. I still love the 30 out six. That's something I grew up with. Well, when you threw in out of history, I was like, well, that's the first thing that jumped out at me anyway. I said, well, go with your gut. There you go. So, so let me ask you this. What gun were you thinking of when you said 30 out six? The Grand. Uh, I, you see, I knew it. I, I absolutely knew it. Because that's and what then, I think but, but, six, that's what I think. Half, 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 half a second after that was the Israeli 1919s. Oh, there you go. There you go. Like Which the, is still the the Browning nineteen nineteen was done in thirty out six to start with as well. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. I I um I looked at nineteen nineteen kits 
because I so want to build one. And I'm um, going to get one eventually because I will build a stinger. It, it's just go. a matter of uh, how much it's going to cost by the time I'm able to. <laughs> that's that. You see, that's my problem with that because I, I, I so want to build it and I'm sitting there going, I don't have five grand and that doesn't include my side plate, <laughs> you know? Or, or trying to figure out how to create the de uh, the denial island to keep it from going full auto. Yep. So that's that, that, that's going back to some of them intricacies that you got to know uh, from gunsmithing yep. to not just exactly. not just you can't ju you can't just do like the Chinese and just copy Fold something based on the looks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because no, not a lot of people even know what a denial island is. And uh, if you've done your research on those things, you understand that, well, that's... Is that like a timeout corner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been denied. <laughs> so, Cody, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming to try to get you on. And I am so glad that we could finally get you on and, and talk. And, and you have so much cool stuff to talk about, too. That's what's awesome about it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I think we barely, barely touched the surface on the things that we had planned to talk about, anyways. So once, yeah, once me but, and you get together, we t we tend to tend to kind of keep keep rolling, keep rolling. It it's like you, Joe, um, uh, Tony Simon, um, and a couple others. When I get when I get talking, it, it'll just never end. Right. We'll just we'll just get talking forever and it'll just never end. And um, I, I know there's sometimes I sit there and go, hmm, this could be a three hour show if we don't shut up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like looking at that flashing light of time. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. when you, you, you know, it's like the old saying, you know, time flies when you're having fun. So. I know, I know. I mean, you think about it. I'm looking at the time. It's been, what, one hour and 16 minutes since I hit the record button. Um, of course, some of it will be edited out in the beginning of us just BSing because our pre-chat kind of went into the pre-record time. But no, it's, it, yeah, we'll we'll get going. And, and the sad thing is, is there's going to be the after chat. So who knows how long <laughs> yep. we will actually talk. And but then there that's are, another thing too, like both of us will pick up off of, things that the other yeah. one said and it will we'll try to throw throw each other off and then <laughs> surprise each other by picking up on that and yep. keeping it going so it's definitely awesome. fun times and i hope that y'all out there viewers enjoy it as well as long as we ain't boring y'all that's the most important thing exactly because that's the thing is people out there in the audience realize that we create content for you we don't really create it for us we create it for you and we hope that you enjoy it and use it and uh, become smarter. As, uh, as a good friend of mine set, likes to say in his podcast, we hope we don't make you dumber. Yep. So, Cody, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, brother. And y'all be good out there. Now, I've known Cody for a few years now. And when I first met him, he's talking about this 3D. And I'm like, I, I just don't know about that. I mean, he was really ahead of the curve he still is filming in this 3d technology and 
man, it's amazing. And I'm in the tech industry and I didn't even know that that phone existed. But yet when he talks about this stuff and you know, you just start getting the idea of what's happening, you just know that the future is going to be this. We have virtual worlds and stuff like that. And how long is it before that we're making these virtual worlds a little more, well, lifelike? And he's going to have the content that's there before it's even ready. Definitely go check out Cody's show. He's got a great show. I enjoy being on it. It's so much fun. And, well, definitely look for this content because he's doing amazing stuff. And when he's doing booth interviews now, he's doing it in 360 where you can, you know, kind of control where the camera's going to be. Amazing stuff coming out of Cody. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.